0: Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. We can't quantify or measure sin that we cannot see. And even the sin that you cannot see is many times more deadly than the sin that you can see. I can see, yes, she's a prostitute. I can see uh, he has a problem with drinking or a problem with drugs. But I cannot see a heart of filthy pride and religiousness. I can't see that. No, no, no. That spirit hides itself. That spirit may have a long cross and and carry a big old Bible and say, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. But that thing will cut you right in the back. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now. Here is today's message. Well, welcome everybody here in our live audience here today. I want to also welcome our online community. Hello, everybody. All of you that are watching from all around the world, we really appreciate you all so very much. Thank you for your kind words, your comments, your your, uh, emails, your giving online. Thank you so very much. We are praying for you. You can believe that. And we thank God for you partnering with us wherever you are, whether you're listening or watching by way of YouTube or, or Roku, or you are uh, listening to the podcast or radio or television broadcast, however you are listening or viewing. I want you to know that you're not watching or listening by accident, but today is a very divine appointment for you. And we love you guys so very much. Thank you for watching and listening wherever you are. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to go right back into our series entitled Net Fishing. And this is part number four of that series. And the Lord brings us right here today. And I pray today that you will really open up your ears to hear uh, to hear what well, thus saith the Lord. Today, we're going to start our journey. We'll start there in uh, the book of Luke, the seventh chapter, in a very, very familiar text of scripture. And as the Lord was showing me this, Uh, I found some things that I don't believe I'd ever seen before, or if I'd seen them, I I let them slip. Uh, But there are some things that are here that I want you, that that he wants you to know today. And we're going to get right into this. So let's go, uh, Luke, the seventh chapter. Let's start here, verse number 36. And of course, this is the account of, of the sinner, the woman. And that's today's title, the woman. The woman that comes to dinner. Uh, she has been accused of being a sinner and there's a big confrontation here at the Pharisees' house and Jesus is going to deliver her he's going to heal her he's going to forgive her there are some things that I want to show you that how this applies to you today how it is very relevant to us so please listen all right Luke 7 verse 36 says and one of the Pharisees desired him that is Jesus desired Jesus that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisees' house and sat down to meet. Now, stop there for a moment. Now, I want you to understand, and you know this, that during the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ upon the earth, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, these were the Lord's haters. These were the ones that picked up stones and were going to kill Jesus, tried to murder Jesus on several occasions they did not like him at all but here we find jesus accepting an invitation to come to his hater's house to come to his enemy's house isn't that our lord i mean at least i can see the lord jesus saying oh yeah sure i'll come you don't threaten me i'm coming <laughs> you know you don't scare me i ain't scared as they say, oh no, no. So the Lord comes in. Look at his love and his mercy and grace. When he's invited, he comes into the he comes and he sits and has dinner. He sits at a table in his enemy's house and has dinner. Well, if you also know that, that is also scripture. If you go to Psalm 23, let's look at Psalm 23, verse number five. Psalm 23, verse 5 says thou preparest a table before me where in the presence of mine enemies didn't we just see that in the presence of mine enemies now what happens after dinner thou anointest my head with oil my cup runs over well as you know in this account after dinner the woman comes in and she does what she anoints the lord isn't that powerful how the lord works this thing out and remember What your enemy may mean for evil, God can easily turn that around for good. Every crooked situation he can make straight. As long as we stay in focus with him, I'm telling you, anything is possible. And even if you live a a crooked, crooked life and that life is one of repentance, God can help you turn that thing around for good. Let's go back now. Now, I want you to see again in verse 36. So the Lord comes and he sits at dinner there. And remember, he's eating at his enemy's expense. (laughs) I love that, too. I'm eating your food now. You are paying for this. (laughs) I'm telling you, that's wonderful. And the father uses this experience and he's going to shame those who meant him good. And Jesus is going to give much words of wisdom. And uh, again, what the enemy meant for evil. The Lord turns this thing around for good. Now, look at verse 37. It says, and behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment that said, oh, you not listening. When she knew, grab a hold of this, when she knew that Jesus was there, she prepared herself for the visit. She didn't come empty handed. When she knew what the presence of the Lord was, she prepared herself. She grabbed her alabaster box or her box of of ointments. She grabbed that. She prepared herself for his presence. She prepared herself way at home when she knew she prepared to go into his presence. How often do we prepare ourselves to get into the presence of the Lord? She prepared herself for his encounter to encounter his presence. And she didn't leave empty handed, did she? Let's look on it further. Verse 38, it says, and stood, this woman stood at his feet behind him, weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now, standing at his feet behind him, that's the position of a servant. It's a position. Notice when you're at a restaurant, right? You're sitting at the table. The waiter is there behind you. He may have some sort of cloth over his arm. He's standing behind you. Do you, need, do you need anything else? He's ready there to assist you, to minister to you, to aid you at your call. So she's standing there. She comes in, not braggadocious, not full of pride. She comes in and stands behind him in the position of a servant. And as she's standing there in the position of a servant, now, now understand something. We already know what's going on here. She knows she is in the house of the Pharisee, those that hated Christ, and they didn't like her either. She knows she's going into the presence of her haters. And we're going to see this. But she, even though she knows where Jesus is, Jesus is the rose that is surrounded by a bunch of thorns. And she knows that this is going to be painful to go into his presence. She knows if she goes in there, somebody's going to look at her, somebody's going to point at her, somebody's going to say, "What is she doing here?" But she ignores all of that to get into the presence of the Lord to find the jewel, the, the jewel of heaven. The, the the holy one of God, the Messiah, she knows that he's there, so she's coming there. How many people have ignored coming to church because of the pharisees? How many people said I would go, but you know all the hypocrites, but if Jesus is there, if he is there, your answer is also there. How many times have we left the job? I can't go back to the job because of all the folk that are there. I, I can't go back here. I can't go back there. But if Jesus is there, this place this place was not easy for her. This was not an easy assignment for her. This was pain. But she endured the pain to get to the pleasure of his presence. Are you hearing? Let's go on a little bit further. So she took a place, took the place of a servant. Took the place of a servant. She stood behind him. She began to serve him and to weep him. And of course, if the host in Jesus goes on and tells him that if the host had really honored Christ, he would have had an attendant at the door who would have washed his feet. He would have had a, an attendant at the door who will, who would have anointed him. So she came in as a servant serving the Lord serving the lord and i don't believe it was her intention to stand behind him uh and st- just stand there and weeping i believe this was a spontaneous worship spontaneous service something that flowed out of her innermost being yes, yes. the worship and the service came from within it wasn't programmed it was from within and it called caused the, the enemy to take notice Let's look on a little bit further here. Let's look at uh, verse thirty-nine. It says, "Now when the Pharisee, which had bidden him or invited Jesus, uh, saw it, when he saw what this woman did, how she is, how she anointed him, and she, you know, she's her tears, are, uh, her tears are falling on his feet, and she's wiping them with her her hair, and she's honoring Jesus and she's serving him. When the Pharisee saw her worship." When he saw her service, when he saw it, what happened, he spake within himself. Now we get the well, now we get a picture. The Lord uh, pulls back the veil and we see his innermost thoughts, innermost thoughts, his personal thoughts and reflections, how he really felt. You now we can we can control ourselves at times and not say some things. But you can find it difficult uh, not to think some things so we see this man's innermost things her worship revealed his heart and let's look on further look at verse 39 again it says and when the pharisee which had bidden him saw it he spake within himself saying this man talking about jesus if he were a prophet would have known who and what manner of woman this is uh, that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. Now, again, the devil noticed her worship and immediately begins to fire fire uh, invisible arrows at Jesus. Can you see that Pharisee there just staring at Jesus? He's, he said, if he were a prophet, meaning, Jesus, you are a false prophet. You're not from God. Because if you were from God, you wouldn't let this touch you. Look at his thought process. He's saying, if you were holy, if you were a man of God, if you were truly holy, you would not let this sinner touch you. Look at his heart. Now, notice again, uh, I want to see the contrast between the pharisaical heart or the religious heart and the heart of Christ. Look at, let's look at, let's look at um, Luke 5. Look at Luke 5. Luke 5, verse 30 through 32. Because this is the heart that God gives us here in the last days as the, as the last uh, or the end time saints. Notice also in, uh, in another case of scripture, when the Lord Jesus healed the leprous man, the leper asked Jesus, if you, if you will, you can make me whole. And Jesus said, I will. And Jesus touched him. And when he touched him, the leprosy immediately went away jesus the clean touched the unclean and the unclean became clean that's the power that the father is releasing in the last days hallelujah that he will use his presence within you his glory will shine from within and when it it will expose the level of wickedness and darkness that are that is around you and he will empower you to overcome that through his love look again at luke 5 Look at the mind of God, the mind of God operating through Christ. Luke 5, verse 30 through 32, it says, But their uh, scribes and Pharisees murmured against his disciples, saying, Why do ye eat and drink with publicans and sinners? Verse 31, And Jesus answering said unto them, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Now notice there was none. The Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. So the Lord's telling them, I'm not coming to call those who see themselves as righteous, who see themselves as worthy based on their own actions or credentials or the things that they've done. I'm not coming to call you. I'm coming to call those who have a a sense of their own sin, a sense of their own helplessness, a sense of their own uh, wretchedness. I'm coming to call those that are sick who know know that they need me. Now, you're going to see this theme interwoven through all the scriptures, but I want you to know something also in Romans 5. Look at Romans 5. We're going somewhere today. I need to take you here so that you can more appreciate where we're going romans 5 verse 6 7 and 8 it says this i love this he says for when we were yet without strength that is when we were yet weak or uh, helpless for when we were yet without strength or helpless in due time christ died for the ungodly for scarcely for a righteous man will one die yet pre for a good man Uh, some would even dare to die but god commendeth his love toward us or he demonstrated his love for us in that while we were yet sinners christ died for us now let's go back to verse number 40 are you getting something out of this so we're getting ready to go now hallelujah verse 40 says and Jesus answering now, Jesus is responding to Simon's thoughts. This is another thing that the Lord has equipped the body of Christ to do. Remember, Jesus said, the works that I do show you do also in great works in these shall you do because I go unto my father. Remember that we uh, Jesus is our master and we are his disciples. We are his students. He said, you're going to do what I do. You're going to do what I do. There are times when the Spirit of God will allow you to hear hidden words or hidden conversations. He will allow you to know what's in the heart of men, and he'll give you the wisdom to respond to it. Now, Jesus' response to this is mind-blowing. It is world-shattering, and I want you to hear this. It says in verse number 40, Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he saith, Master, say on. What you got to say, Jesus? Go ahead. There was a certain uh, creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. Now, listen, right away we know. Well, let me go and finish reading verse number 42. And when they had nothing to pay, in other words, they were helpless. When they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, thou hast rightly judged. All right. I want you to notice something here. Jesus gives Simon an example of those who have of of two servants or two credit, two debtors that owed somebody one owed him, of course, 50 and, uh, and the other one 500, right? But the thing is here, the Lord uses this, he's about to use this to quantify sin and to measure sin. Some people see themselves of only owing God a little. I've only sinned a little in my life. I'm not like them. They have sinned a whole lot. But As human beings, we quantify or measure sin that we can see. We can't quantify or measure sin that we cannot see. And even the sin that you cannot see is many times more deadly than the sin that you can see. I can see, yes, she's a prostitute. I can see uh, he has a problem with drinking or a problem with drugs. But I cannot see a heart of filthy pride and religiousness. I can't see that. No, no, that spirit hides itself. That spirit may have a long cross and and carry a big old Bible and say, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. But that thing will cut you right in the back. You cannot see that. But there are some who would would say, well, I'm I'm just a a 50 denarii. I'm just a you know, I just owe the Lord just a little bit. I don't owe him as much as they do. I haven't done as much bad as they have, and that's the issue. Let's go on a little bit further. Let me let me read this to you. So some have owed him. The Lord gave an example: some fifty, and some five hundred pence. Right. Let's look at uh, verse number. Uh, let's where we stop on verse number forty-three. One again, forty-three, just for context. Simon answered and said, "I suppose that he to whom he forgave most." And he said unto to him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman that is in the position of a servant. He turned to the woman and said unto, and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house, and thou givest me, uh, gavest me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou givest me no kiss. But this woman, since the time I came in, have not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore, I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little." Now, I want to get you to this point here, then we're going to begin to close out. This concept of little sin and big sin, the Lord brings us up here, little sin and big sin. Uh, but this is not just talking about, again, the sins that we can see or the sins we cannot see. But it's really talking about how much sin you allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to you about you. Because many would say, well, again, I'm not that bad. I'm not that bad. I'm just a 50-pence sinner. I'm not that bad as the one who owes the Lord 500. I am not that bad. I don't do that. But listen, if you don't, but listen, all of us are 500-pence sinners, are now or were, all. But some don't see themselves that way. But listen, all of us have it or have had it. If you have, if you don't have it now, if that's not on your roster, on your ledger before God, then that means that Christ has forgiven you. But all of us, there is nothing that is, there's no one that has so small amount of sin that they can stand before God and say, I am righteous in and of my own self. It is only what you allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to you about you. When you have a sense of what you've done and where you've been you can more appreciate the blood that Jesus shed for you upon the cross here is this woman who has the knowledge of her sin who knows what she is the Pharisees her haters Christ haters knows what she is and knows what she have done And they didn't lift not one finger to help her. She was in the community before Christ came there. She was in the community doing whatever she was doing. Uh, She was maybe, I I believe she was a prostitute doing it. Everybody knew it. And none of these men of God at the church would even talk to her. Because he said within himself, if this were a prophet, if he were a man of God, then he would not allow her to touch him and how is she going to change so they knew who she was they seen her in the community they knew her reputation she was in bondage having fear uh, and knowing what people were saying about her but here comes this man named Jesus who's preaching about the kingdom of God here's this man named Jesus who says come unto me all you who, are la- who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest she hears about Jesus preaching about forgiveness and what the father had called him there to do and she comes into the house and she stands behind him weeping and sobbing because she knows what what she's done and but she knows more what jesus will do for her how god will forgive her of her sins how god himself would love her even though others despise her and that's what god is saying even in this hour don't despise those that i have loved he loves her he loves her with a passionate deep love and it's his grace That is extended to her, that causes her to change. Said before many times that people don't need the a finger, they need a hand to help them up. And so here's this thing: they see her outer sin, and they declare that, in so many words, well, she's a five hundred pence sinner. But they don't know that they're. They think that they're fifty. (laughs) but they don't know they're probably even worse than she is so jesus gives them this example and he he lets them know and again now she loves jesus much because she realizes and knows now when god forgives the debt and let me close out on this shortly when god forgives this debt it doesn't just go away somewhere no, someone has to absorb that. Let me give you an example. If you owed me $100,000, I know it. And you come to me and say, brother, I'm sorry. I, I'm helpless to pay this debt. Now, I have responsibility just like you do. So for me to say, I forgive you your debt that means what I have to eat that that means I have to absorb that what was on my balance sheet as a plus plus meaning I would that would be revenue when I get it back from you now it's a negative now it's red because I have to eat it. I have to absorb that now I have a hundred thousand less things I can do because you couldn't pay me isn't that right so she stands behind Jesus weeping because she knows that her sin is forgiven and he's about to pronounce that surely. She knows her sin is forgiven and she knows that he is going to have to absorb her sin debt. Surely Jesus is about to go upon the cross and he's about to shed his innocent blood. Why? To absorb our sin debt because it, the debt doesn't just go away. Somebody has to pay for it. And Jesus is about to pay for it in full. And so she, why does she love him much? Because she loves him much because she knows what she's done. She knows what she's been. And she knows what Jesus is about to do for her. She receives him as Lord, Savior, and Messiah. And because of her great love, she's going to see the power of God. She is vindicated in the presence of her haters. Jesus to her at the conclusion of dinner. He says before them all, woman, you're forgiven. God favors you. Now, remember, these are men of God. They have the long ropes. They do this and they do that. We know the heart of God. We know what God is saying. We're, we're big in this town. And Jesus, right there in, in the house, turns to her, makes her the subject. Y'all see her? Nan, boo boo She's forgiven by God. Right in their face, breaking their control over her life with just a word. Jesus is our hero. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 15. I love this 1 Corinthians 15. And it says this in verse number nine. I love what Paul said. I love this here as he has a sense of of his own sin a sense of where he's been and what he's done and he has a sense of the price that jesus paid for him listen to his testimony here first corinthians 15 verse 9 and 10 says for i am the least of the apostles listen to what he's saying here he said i'm the least of the apostles that am not meet or worthy to be called an apostle because i persecuted the church of god i know what i did I know what I did. But look at verse 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Oh, my God, man. Oh, my God. By the grace of God, I am what I am. You know what I did. But God knows who I am. And I'm going to stand up in who I am in Christ. Let's look on. He said, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labor more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Paul, why are you laboring more than them all? Why do you love God? Why do you serve him more than them all? Because I remember who I was. I remember what I did. I know that I was a 500-pence sinner. (laughs) I know it, and I know how he absorbed my sin on Calvary's cross. I know his blood washed me whiter than snow. And I know when I stand before God the Father, he'll see me holy and righteous and just and justified i know i'm not going to hell i know i'm called to be the elect of god chosen of god i know it and you will love jesus more you'll love him much when you realize where you've been and you realize what debt that you owed him and you realize the price that he had to pay to redeem you back From the hounds of hell. To redeem you from the hand of the enemy. He saved you. Look at 1 Corinthians 6. 1 Corinthians 6. Verse number 9. It says. Know ye not that. The unrighteous. Shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Look at the list. Be not deceived. Neither fornicators. Nor idolaters. Nor adulterers. Nor effeminate nor abusers of themselves with mankind nor thieves nor covetous nor drunkards nor revilers nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of god but i love verse 11 it says and such were some of you but ye have been washed But ye are sanctified. But ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. I am washed in the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. We ought to rejoice today that our sins are washed away. We ought to rejoice today that we are accounted as righteous before God. And we realize that. When we fall in sin, that that is what I did, but that is not who I am. I'm the righteousness of God. He loves me. Say with me. He loves me. Let's go to the conclusion. Back to Luke. Let's look at verse number 48 now. The Bible says, and he said unto her, and this, this is what God is saying to you in the presence of your haters, Let's go back to Luke 7 now. Luke 7, verse 48. At the conclusion of all of this, conclusion of this dinner party, the Bible says here, And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves. See, they're still talking in themselves, right? Yeah. They began to say within themselves, who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said unto the woman, no, he's declaring now, thy faith hath saved thee. Go in peace. Go have the thing that you have not had. Go in peace knowing that you are loved of god knowing that you are accepted of god you are forgiven of your sin debt hallelujah jesus is saying go in peace daughter i will absorb your sin i'll take your sin into myself i will take your sins away i will go into the grave i will go into the lower parts of the earth and i will burn your sin up in the lake of fire and on the third day i will arise." with all power in my hand don't worry daughter don't worry son I've got you I'll absorb your sin you just go in peace be at peace now be at peace now that's why a believer should never have to worry never have to fear death why would I fear death why would I fear standing before my father When my father has already allowed his son to bear all of that for me, for he who spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not also with him freely give us all things? God loves you. He loves you with a passionate, fiery love. In order for people to go to hell, they got to step over the Lord's sacrifice. Yes, he knows where you've been. He knows where you are. Yes, he knows what we'll do tomorrow, but he still extends his love towards you. And in the presence of your enemies... That's the thing. I love that. In the presence of your enemy, when the devil comes to you and accusing you and says you in that that inner voice, it says you look what you did. Look what you did. You ain't saved. Look what you look at you having these nasty thoughts. You're not saved in the presence of them all. Jesus turns to you and says, forgiven. Sin washed away. I don't know sometimes it seems that we make that a small thing but it is so huge it is so huge and the more you allow the holy spirit to show you you the more you the more he will show you what Jesus did for you and the more love you will have for him and the more love you have for him the more the more of god the more of the father he will reveal to you he will reveal more of himself to you he will release more of his power and his presence to you it's something about the brokenness our brokenness that when god sees our brokenness and our weakness he strengthens us he picks us up He comes to your defense and he strengthens you and he aids you. But when we are proud, I'm just a 50 pence sinner. You'll find that God will resist the proud, but he will give grace to the humble. So today, so today I will ask you, let the Lord reveal to you who you are and what's there. And as you do that, you'll have more of an appreciation for what Jesus has done for you. Meditate on the price that Jesus paid, how he absorbed everything, everything. He absorbed all of you into himself, every sin of your past, present and future. Remember, Jesus was crucified long before you and I were ever born. And he did that on the cross. When someone gives their lives to Jesus, he doesn't go back on the cross again. No, it's covered When we're in him, his blood washes it away. So we confess our sins before the father, keeping that heart clean and asking him to reveal. Show us the sacrifice of Jesus. Show us the debt that he paid for us. And the more we walk in that knowledge and that revelation from the spirit, the more we will love him. And the more we love him, the more of him he will pour out into our lives. Father, we thank you today for your word. And Lord, we pray for the, that you would continue to give us the revelation of who Jesus is and the price that he paid for us and, and why he paid that price. How he absorbed our sin, our shame and guilt upon himself and how he has told us, how he has declared that we are forgiven may we wear this scripture in our hearts and may we look like this scripture may we become this so that when men and women, boys and girls see us let them see the forgiveness of God in activation let them see the love of God in activation let your glory so shine about us in us and through us that it may change the world around us use us God, use us Father we are your end time church if there is ever a time that the world needs you Lord God I know we need you now use us Father we avail ourselves to you we stand in the position of servant And that position of friend and as your children here we are Lord. send us we will go bless our friends that are here in person and those that are listening and watching online, those that have made it to the end of this video or this, or this audio, Lord, I pray a special blessing upon them. Increase them greatly. Cause signs and wonders to multiply in their lives. Bless you, people, Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We love you all so much, and we will see you on the next time.